Srila Bhakti Siddhanta was approached by one of his disciples and the disciple was criticizing, he was complaining to Bhakti Siddhanta about a particular disciple. And Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur said, he said, the spiritual master has to criticize the disciple. He doesn't want to, it's a thankless task. But he has to in order to correct the disciple. But you're not a spiritual master, so why would you want to criticize that person? Interesting, isn't it? He was saying, I have to do that because I'm the guru. It's a thankless task. Vaishnavas do not criticize other Vaishnavas. That is not something they do not want to do. I have to do it as guru. Why would you want to take up that position? You don't have to. It's kind of like, I'm a grihasta. I have my own business. I work 20, 30, 40, 50 hours a week to maintain my family with that business. If, a, if I met a sannyasi who didn't need to do that, a sannyasi who didn't need as much money as I need to maintain my family, and he was out doing business, I would tell him the same thing. I say, I would say, Maharaj, I have this task. I have to do that. I have to spend so many hours a day, a week, maintaining my family where I could be preaching, I could be studying Shastra. I have to do this. These other... Why would you want to do that when you can just preach and people will support you? So it was like the same thing. Like, why? You don't have to criticize. Why would you want to? Interesting, isn't it? Meditate on this. It, it's, it's going to, you know, these things are going to take time to settle in. You know, the, the nut is, is tight, so each week we're going to loosen it. And then next week I'm going to put you in, I'm going to, um, send you to another article I wrote, which will, will which will be the WD-40 article, which could really, really, really help you. Some people, just by reading that article, they forgave a, forgave a person who hurt them, or forgave people who hurt them. So, Alan, Hare Krishna, dear friends, remember that your parents, neighbors, politician friends are all ignorant of the true nature of reality. They are poorly educated by ignorant people. They are as ignorant as you or me. Forgive them so you can forgive yourself. Love them so you can love yourself. You think you're better than them. Then forgive them. Be holy. Don't just think you're holy. Be holy. Very nice. <coughs> I like that. Maybe you can make a t-shirt. Don't just think you're holy. Be holy. <laughs> that is so nice. Yeah. Walk the talk. Okay. Sharn 108 says, Hare Krishna, this is so... This is wonderful what Mahapra is teaching. I partook in a course a number of years ago, now teaching us how to let go. I can honestly say from my heart, this process really works. And by repeating over and over again, we keep it alive. Yes, you know what I found? That I found that once I taught the course on forgiveness, I found this personally and, and also for devotees who took the course, that things that would, that once you come to a point where you were able to give up resentment, it may have been difficult to do it, but once you do it, it becomes so much easier to do it in the future because you you realize how important it is to do it for your own sanity. And what often happens is that once you do it, you realize that how much suffering you underwent holding on to resentment, that 
you don't even become offended by things which would have offended you in the past. You just, you're able to deal with it and just let it go, kind of bounce off you. And that, that is such an important quality to have in executing devotional service. So I found that after teaching, you know, the forgiveness course three or four times, that things that would normally bother me, I just, you know, people I thought had offended, I just, I didn't feel it was worth getting upset anymore because I had, it was just like, it's like you have, you have a thorn, you know, the thorn of resentment, it's in your finger and it's stinging you and it's stinging and stinging and ah, ah, but for some reason, you're holding on that thorn because you think, with this thorn, I'm going to get back. I'm going to get back at that person who put this thorn in my finger. And I'm going to hold this thorn so they can see how much I'm suffering. And I'm going to let everybody see, this is the person who put this thorn in my hand. And this this thorn is just stinging, stinging. Ow, ow, ow. And finally, you pull it out. Oh, that feels good. Now, after pulling it out... <laughs> Do you think you want to take that thorn and put it back in your finger again? I don't think so. And if another person comes and sticks a thorn in your finger, you're just going to want to take it out and you're not going to want to show it to anybody because you're going to feel much better. That's that's what I've experienced and what many devotees who've attended the seminars have experienced. So that's part of the importance of learning the process of forgiveness. It becomes a process of insulation. So Bhakti Jeff is asking, if you have time, how can we forgive ourselves? I think we should dedicate one or more classes to that topic of how we can forgive ourselves. One thing that Srila Prabhupada said is that we should be strict with ourselves and lenient with others, but it didn't mean that Prabhupada didn't mean we shouldn't forgive ourselves. And if we don't forgive ourselves, then we we will it will it will end up being Maya's trick to hold us down. It will it, it, it it's it's all negative energy, it's all just holding us down. It's it's Krishna consciousness is positive. I am fallen. It's okay that I'm fallen. Lord Chaitanya is merciful. He forgives me. K- Krishna forgives me. Am, am, can I not forgive myself if Krishna is willing, if Mahaprabhu is willing to forgive me, if my spiritual master is willing to forgive me? We we have to talk more. Just a you know, just an idea that the movement of Mahaprabhu is a movement of compassion, of understanding, of sympathy. And we we see that Prabhupada engaged everybody, even people doing all kinds of horrible things, if they were willing to be engaged. He would engage them. He never sent anyone away who was willing to be engaged in service, no matter what they did, no matter how morally wrong it was, or spiritually off it was. As long as they were willing to engage, he would engage them. As long as they were willing to follow, make the effort to follow, he was willing to engage them. So he was willing to forgive any sincere soul. So so really, if you find a spark of sincerity within your heart for service to Krishna, then you should have the generosity to forgive yourself. Because it's the sincerity that's important. And that's what Prabhupada saw, and that's why he was able to forgive, because he saw he saw beyond the fall. The fall is conditional. He saw the sincerity. So that's important. But anyway, we, we will we will talk about it. We we need to give it a whole at least an hour or more. So 
um, Bhakti Jeff has a question here. Can you move up on the screen? Pull it up the other way. Yeah, Bhakti Jeff on the bottom. Can you move it up? Oh, no, it doesn't. Okay. Does Srila Prabhupada and Krishna forgive me when I wake up past Mangal Artik some days, have trouble attentively chanting, or find myself allowing for a split second to be attracted to objects of the senses? Yes. Now, it's like you go to the doctor and you say, Doctor, I'm sick. And the doctor says, Oh, very bad. I don't treat sick people. I only want to see healthy people. Get out of my office. No. We come to Krishna consciousness because we, what you're describing is the way we are. We, we don't always get up early. We have trouble attentively chanting. Our mind is attracted to sense gratification. What Krishna and Prabhupada see is our effort, our sincerity, our desire, our willingness to continue in Krishna consciousness even though we don't always follow it well. That's what they see. And that's the most important thing. It's in sincerity of purpose, the willingness to advance. And Mahaprabhu's mercy is so unlimited. But we should take advantage of it in a positive sense to uplift ourselves. And if we get up late one morning or we fall in some way, we should regain, we should move on with increased energy. So I need to try harder. Rather than, you see, if you go into the negative side, it brings you down and makes it more and more difficult to get back on your feet. Oh, I'm so bad, I can't forgive myself. I got up three minutes late. I'm around, my mind wandered for a minute while I was chanting. I'm such a rascal. I'm so... So bad, I'm so bad. That's all bringing you, making it worse for you, bringing you down, down, down. It should be positive. Oh, I'm so appreciative that I have the chance to chant. Oh, I didn't get up early. Tomorrow morning I'll get up early and I'll, I'll be able to do more devotional service. It just has to be a, be a positive thing. So forgiving yourself is a positive thing. It's, it's allowing yourself another chance. I'll do it again tomorrow. I'll do it better. It's important. Okay. Slam, she says, Mahatma Prabhuji, I am sad that I'm feeling the way I do. I am not upset at the devotee or angry with the devotee, but I feel sad that I let it come to me, let it get to me. What really bothered me was that this devotee tried to prevent my preaching. I don't know what to do or say. So I haven't spoken to this devotee for a while. How can I get through this? You probably need to write me because it's. I would need to know more details. And a general answer may not help you. It may not deal with the specifics. I uh, There's a statement that Prabhupada made that really has inspired me many, many times in my life. I've been inspired by this. And, and Prabhupada said, we shouldn't, it's like what Alan said, is, you know, don't just think you're holy, be holy. Prabhupada said, we should not act like ordinary people. And one of the devotees was Prabhupada's servant. He was doing something and he was being intolerant of non-devotees. And, and repeatedly he was being intolerant. Then Prabhupada turned to him and said, you should not act like ordinary people. In other words, you're a devotee, you're different. 
So he was being intolerant, and Prabhupada pointed out, he said, you're, you're acting like an ordinary person who cannot tolerate something. But a devotee is meant to be tolerant. So don't act like an ordinary person. So what I would say to you in this situation is try to see what Krishna is teaching you and try to see what Krishna wants you to do in this situation. And it's an opportunity to not act like an ordinary person, but to act like a devotee. What does Krishna want you to do? How does Krishna want you to deal with this situation? Now, I know it's difficult because we're dealing with emotions here. We're hurt. We're feeling a certain way. But emotions teach us. So what is that emotion teaching you? What are you supposed to learn from this? How are you supposed to adjust, rectify, move on? And then if you're, if, if you're still having problems, then you can write me. You can email me, and I'll give you my email which is M-A-H-A-T, Mahat, at AOL.com. And then we can discuss that more. It's always important to see whenever we're hurt or whenever there's difficulty. How am I supposed to act in this situation? What is the, what is the Krishna conscious way to deal with this? What, what would Krishna expect me to do? What would Prabhupada expect me, of me? How would Prabhupada deal with this? And, and use that as a way to gauge how, what you should do and what you should understand from it. Bhakti Jeff says, I'm always in anxiety that if I wake up at five or later, Prabhupada is very disappointed and it's not such a nice feeling. You can turn that, um, of course, in a sense, I mean, that you know, that's a good anxiety in a sense. But if you do wake up late, then... I don't think you should think Prabhupada is totally disappointed. You should just think, let me try to do better tomorrow. Or say, Prabhupada, I'll do better tomorrow. I'll make the effort. Because if we're always feeling guilty or shameful or like that, it's, it will be hard or more difficult to execute devotional service. And, and we don't, you know, we want to be motivated by our love for Prabhupada, not our, ultimately not our fear, but our love and our affection. So try to increase your affection to satisfy Prabhupada rather than focus on your fear of not such a nice feeling. Prabhupada, he appreciates anything you do, and I'm sure he's happy that you're up at five chanting, no doubt. And he'll be happier if you're up at four. <laughs> but certainly he's happy that you're up and chanting, and he appreciates whatever service, whatever it might be. You should know that for certain. And and feel that appreciation. And that will be a positive energy. And that that type of appreciation will help you go further. Even when I can think that it would be best to rise early, but I just don't or can't get the motivation. Yes. Um, it has to become more important to you. And one of the ways it can become more important is by chanting better rounds. Because then... You'll be motivated to get up early because you'll know the earlier you get up generally, the better the rounds you'll chant. And, or whatever it is that you will do in the morning that becomes a valuable spiritual practice for you can motivate you. Ultimately, in bhakti, we, we have to be motivated by a desire to do something through attraction. We can only force ourselves so long. There has to be some attraction. So... RT is saving. Can I, can I preach to people about Krishna at my age? I think you said what you were 50. 
so yeah it's preached it's nice to preach to people your age whatever your age is it's e it's generally easier to pe preach to people your own age especially if you're 50 it's hard for it's really for a 20 year old to preach to a 50 year old it's hard the 50 year old's going to think this is like my son or daughter what what do they know so actually the older you get the easier it is my experience Alan, forgiveness is a choice. Yes, we, we spoke about that last week. How that's such a powerful, such a powerful statement. It's a choice. Because we're saying, I can't forgive. No, it, it, that's not true. You can choose to forgive. Love is a choice. A good marriage is a choice. Happiness is a choice. It won't do any good to chant 16 rounds if you don't make the right choices. It took me 30 years to learn this. Forgive me, I'm no one. I just wish people would realize that it's easy to choose to be compassionate. Yeah, it's true. Such a good point. A lot of times we get stuck in the I can't when really, what we're really saying is I choose not to. So we can just, when we say I can't, then we need to ask ourselves, is it really that I can't? Okay, you say Mahatma, but I can't jump to the moon. All right, I acknowledge you can't jump to the moon, at least not in your present state until you're, Become a great yogi, but there may be other things which are a little more realistic that you're saying I can't. And you, if you acknowledge that you're 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 really choosing not to do them, that will help you, because then you realize, well, actually, I could do them, if I desired to do it. And and just like, like Jeff is saying, you know, it's so hard to get up early, and he can think, well, I'm I'm not choosing strongly enough to get up earlier. And I can choose to do that, and it is possible. Thank you, Alan, for all that. You are hired as the assistant coach for forgiveness. Okay. Spark in the Heart says, The body is staying in our house. He is staying for a long time, and naturally the conditioned soul in me started developing a kind of ill feeling about him. One day I got a message from his brother that he is not coming to the house. This was the opportunity I was waiting for, and I opened up to him. But in my heart, I was feeling heavy that I'm doing an offense. But again, the demon in me took over that pious thought. After some time, I'm feeling so much love for him. So how can I develop this love for him? Well, you know, the, the conundrum that we're dealing with is, on one hand... We have these high ideals of Krishna consciousness to be forgiving, to be humble, to be tolerant, to be compassionate, to be uh, to give up our own interest for the interest of others. And then we have the condition side, which is often quite opposite of that. And then we're playing with those two. And we know that the qualities of the pure devotee are so wonderful that if we possess them, we would be able to touch other people's hearts. We would be able to feel deep levels of satisfaction and peace and happiness in our own life and be able to therefore give that and show that to others. We know that in our intelligence but emotionally, there are contaminations in our heart which 
contaminations, to retaliate, to take advantage of others, to not be compassionate, to put ourselves above others, and so forth. So, so becoming a devotee means that we're dealing with both of these simultaneously. And, and oftentimes one is going to overtake the other. One of, one, one of the ways to, to motivate ourselves to act in a Krishna conscious manner is to just look at the repercussions of actions and thoughts and attitudes which are not Krishna conscious and actions and thoughts and attitudes which are are and understand and by doing that we begin to understand and see how difficult we make it upon ourselves when we're not acting in Krishna consciousness how those thoughts and activities contaminate us and make us basically miserable people and how acting on the level of a devotee is really what we want as spirit souls, and aside from that is really what will make us happy. And so by doing that, we we can become more motivated to do what's right, even though when we feel like doing what's wrong. I don't, I, I, I don't, like, like the, the scripture says, it's an offense to see a devotee and not be happy. So you see some devotee and you go, oh no, there's so and so. And you feel unhappy. <laughs> That's considered an offense to a devotee. But we may feel that way. So when that happens, then we think it over and think, okay, what is the proper way? What would be the proper way to deal in this situation with this person? How should I think towards them? And pray and ask Krishna, please give me help, power and help to be able to think that way because that's what I want to do. And that's the battle. That's what that's going to be going on all the time. And then I find it's very powerful when you acknowledge where your weakness is, then when you're chanting japa on some level, you can be praying to Krishna, please help me become more compassionate or more kind or whatever the quality is that you would like to develop. You can be begging the holy name, please reveal to me how I can develop that or please please endow me with that quality. So now that you're focused on that, you know this is I really need to work on this, and you're begging the holy name to help you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, please, please, Krishna, help. Allow me to be compassionate towards other people, to devotees. Allow me to be their servant rather than want to be served. It's very powerful. I, I did that at a Japa retreat, and, and just Krishna revealed a lot of what I needed to understand at that time to deal with some of the anarthas that I was dealing with. So you can employ that process. Krishna, you know, certainly Krishna can do that for you. He can help you through whatever mess you're in. He can help you through it. You have to have that faith and pray to the name to do that and you'll see amazing things happen. Okay. Spark in the Heart says, Even if I see through the Shastra to serve the devotees, at times I'm losing the demoniac tendencies. How can I maintain to think through the Shastras consistently? You know, you have to you have to read the shastra in the mood of developing, following the teachings of the shastra. If you just read it as knowledge, it's not going to work. You have to be in the mood that I'm reading this to apply it. That's the idea. And you have to put into practice see if if you don't put into practice at least fake it till you make it practice it's just going to become extremely difficult so i don't want to do this but i'm going to do it because this is what i should be doing this is what i'm supposed to do so i'm going to make every effort 
Even though I don't feel like doing it, I'm going to make every effort to do it. That's the self-discipline we need. And then um, praying to the holy name. So you say, yeah, I'm... I realize I made an offense. Yeah, you should you should let the devotee know you offended him and and pray that he forgives you. And then pray to the holy name that you don't offend devotees in the future. And the holy name is so powerful. You can you can pray for strength to deal with your particular problems. And and you will see that if you pray to the holy name for strength, when in these when you run into these situations that are difficult for you, you will see Krishna will supply you with the spiritual energy and intelligence to be more successful in acting the way you've read you should act. So now it's 9.28 and we should end class. So we will get into more practical details of the process of forgiveness. Please read that article, Living a Life of Total Forgiveness, on my website. Mahat, M-A-H-A-T, uh, website, no, 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 www.tstrain.com, the newsletters, go into newsletters, going to living a life of total forgiveness. And we will be back here next week. Tell anyone that you know that would be interested in this topic to come visit us. And we will see you again then. Hare Krishna.